What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following podcast is being brought to you by the Defy Life Podcast Network. Welcome to Aftergate, powered by the Defy Life Network. Aftergate is a podcast series highlighting Colgate alumni of color in their professional endeavors after Gate. Aftergate is hosted by Alvin Glimpf, a.k.a. Al, and Herman Dubois, a.k.a. Jerry. We are doing Aftergate because Colgate University has produced innovators who have changed the world every day. Yet many alumni of color in the mainstream Colgate community are unaware of the amazing accomplishments of Colgate alumni of color. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Aftergate. This is Alvin Glimpf, co-host of Aftergate, the podcast, where we are here to highlight, document, showcase some amazing AOC folks who have graduated from Colgate and out doing some cool stuff out in the world. I am joined by my co-host, Sir Jerry, brother, my brother from another mother, 30 years deep. How you doing, homeboy? All is well, all is well. Blessed to be alive and free, which are things we cannot take for granted in this time in our life. So uh, happy to just uh, be able to, you know, uh, be blessed with great company um, and, and, and be able to sort of share words of wisdom that uh, we know have always been there, but just, you know, leverage the technology to, to give it back and continue to pay it forward. Facts, right? And I think, you know, continuing to be inspired by the folks we talk to. And um, I'm enjoying the feedback that we're getting from alums. We're gonna impact students. Like, so this is mm-hmm. this is some cool stuff as we continue our legacy of things we were doing way back when we were students. And, and, and real talk, you know, you, you mentioned some of the feedback that we're hearing little buzz about, you know, alum from alumni of color, but uh, and I was just had an opportunity to be on a virtual panel with the entering OUS class that will start their freshman year in about a week. And the buzz is on campus. You know, you got faculty, as administrators, there's current students of color that are like, who are these after gate cats? What are they about? And so uh, with our, you know, inaugural season and, 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 and so building the profile, uh, we are excited about continuing to make those bridges, yes. um, not only between AOC, but AOC and students of color and faculty of color and impacting the entire movement of our peoples um, on campus. And want to make sure we get it out to the broader community because we have heard in the past where there are questions about the accomplishments of uh, mm-hmm. alums of color and mm-hmm. not that we are mm-hmm. trying to get validation from anyone, right? That's not the purpose, but it's mm-hmm. about sharing. It's about exposure. It's about communication and just make sure they uh, are well aware mm-hmm. that there are thousands <laughs> of us yes, who have yes, leveraged yes. this education, leveraged this diploma and really take taken the experience from that institution to go out and just make the world a better place in our own special mm-hmm. way. So. And, and knowing you're a data person that you would appreciate, you know, we, we got some, uh, some feedback that, uh, I don't know the exact number, but something like 10% of the alumni population of Colgate as a whole is alumni of color. That's a real number when you think about 200 years that Colgate has been kicking out graduates to have 10% of that represent alumni of color, a community of color that that, that spans across the world, yes. spans across industries, uh, spans across experiences, yes. and um, that's power. 
that's power, that's powerful. And, 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 and uh, whether it was the intention or not, we know that we don't leverage it as well as we should. Let's, let's, let's move that needle. Let's, let's, let's change the game a little bit. And I'm going to continue to speak it into existence that mm-hmm. of when you talk about thousands of alumni of color around the world, there has to come a day and I have to see the day yes, where yes. hundreds of us are on <laughs> campus coming back, whether it's for a reunion, whether it's for homecoming, whether it's for after gate weekend, whatever that is, I would love to have that experience of feeling four, five, six hundred alumni of color walking on campus. That's just, I'm just throwing it out there. That's not my passion project to, to hop on, but trust me, if someone else wants to run with it, I will be there in attendance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They ain't ready. Now I want to um, switch gears and slide in our Colgate question of the week. Right? So here's the Colgate question of the week. I'm curious to know, how did you select your major? And do you have any regrets? So just because I know that there will be undergrads listening to this who might be faced with the same question right now in their life. The disclaimer is this is exactly how not to pick your major. Okay. <laughs> so let's just get that out the way right now. Um, so I went into Colgate thinking I was going to do pre-med. I wanted to go into sports medicine. And so I, first semester um, at that time, you know, you put classes, you, you select the classes that you thought you wanted and then you get, you know, you, you got classes that were given to you and they were just kicked out, you know. And I remember getting my first semester, freshman year, four science classes. Mm-hmm. That was clearly a glitch in the system because that should never have happened. But my naive, ignorant, first generation college student that I was thought, well, they told me med school would be hard and that they, all these signs about how they try to weed out students of color and but you just got to stick through it and you got to study and you got to just raise the bar uh yeah so that lasted all about four weeks and realized that I was overwhelmed with every one of my science classes and the dream of doing sports medicine was relinquished dropped all four classes and got four new four new classes started a whole new schedule already four weeks late into the semester um and so now it was just all right I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm just going to go. So now fast forward, we're at the end of sophomore year and you have to declare your major. I still didn't know what I was going to do, but because I had to submit paperwork, I looked at my transcripts and I said, well, I'm going to figure out which department, which subject matter I have taken the most classes in and that's going to be my major. It happened to be philosophy. I had Professor Balmuth who we had over the summer of OUS, who I had also taken uh, two classes with during my first and second year at Colgate. Really respected him, liked the way he taught, uh, was really intrigued about philosophy and the idea of logic and critical thinking. And because I had some aspirations about potentially law school, everybody was like, oh, you should be a philosophy major. That'll be good. Except the GPA that I had in my philosophy classes wasn't exactly stellar. It was okay, but I had a really good GPA in sociology classes that I had taken, or SOAN, because I had taken some anthropology and some sociology. And so I did the math. SOAN, I had the best GPA. I had taken a couple classes. I was almost halfway through being with all the requirements became a SOAM major and that was it. Now, wasn't so bad because sociology was dope. I really got to, especially when I got to the higher level courses and I I found myself really digging, delving deeper into the subject matter and having professors that really, I think when you were in your 300 or 400 level courses really challenged you. So I don't regret being a sociology major. I just regret the way I went about it. And if I could do it over again, I definitely may have explored a few other classes in some other areas. And I might just have gotten some better advising about my pre-med aspirations and maybe just not taking any science classes in my first year and, you know, got acclimated to university life, academics, and then maybe gradually slid into the sciences, sophomore and junior and senior year. And maybe who know, I'd be Dr. Dubois right now, but it's all good. Uh, point is, is that that was the how not to pick a major at Colgate University. 
Okay, so I came in to Colgate in typical Alvin fashion, not knowing what I wanted to major, what I wanted to be. Um, and then really did so poorly my freshman, my first semester freshman year, that if it wasn't for the grades I got during my OUS summer, if I, at the very least, I should have been put on probation, but maybe even had been kicked off. But the, like, uh, I you, had, you need to go. But I, the grades that I got during the summer, when averaged in, yeah, allowed me to help. Salvaged. <laughs> so I definitely came back after my first semester with definitely more focus, not much more, but with some focus. And I remember January, the J term. J term. Right? That doesn't exist anymore, but it used to be where you would come back for two, three weeks, take one course during January in between first semester and second semester. And that that J term, I took a religion class focused on Malcolm X and Martin Luther King taught oh, by wow. Josiah Young. Josiah Young. And he totally blew my mind and flipped the script on you. <laughs> we talked about talked about the black church, talked about black culture. And also at that time during my first two years, there was a lot of major incidents of discrimination that kind of galvanized the campus and really as a student of color pushed me into wanting to learn more about the black experience. And at the time at Colgate, if you wanted to take classes that taught about the black experience, many of them were in the religion department at the time. Because and why is that? There wasn't an African-American studies major. <laughs> Correct. So um, a lot of black church courses, a lot of African under, under theology. Yep, under yep. theology, right? Um, so to your point, come sophomore year, the end of sophomore year, when it's time to pick a major, I still don't know what I want to do. But when I reviewed my transcript, when I looked at the number of courses that I had taken in religion, it just made sense like, well, you might as well just stay in religion and just finish it out. And so while... Um, Those were your I, early years in data research. You didn't even know. Correct. Was, I was doing was... some data analysis <laughs> um, in the OUS conference room trying to figure out like, oh my God, I got to pick a major. <laughs> um, and I think while it caused some um, confusion in my family, because on my mother's side of the family, we come from preachers and teachers. So many of my family members heard I was going to be a religion major. They just assumed that I was the preacher of this generation, because every generation in my mother's family, there is a preacher. So they, just, out. they thought, oh, my God, my mother was on the phone immediately calling my family members to say, hey, my son's the preacher. He's the one. He's the one. And then I explained to my mother, well, not exactly. This isn't oh. that type of religion <laughs> training. I'm more about learning about different religions, Islam, right. Judaism, yeah. African traditional religions, and not necessarily how to be a preacher. And plus, trust me, mom, you do not want me to have anybody to preach it. Nonetheless, without further ado, I would like to introduce our guest for this week. Um, class of 2000. Miss Kawanda Stansberry. Welcome to Aftergate. I think this is pretty cool. So thank you for the opportunity for reaching out and um, for what you're doing to, to kind of shed the light on the great things that alumni of color are doing. I thought it was pretty cool. So thank you for including me. Yes, yes, yes. This is an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, looking forward to it. I do not believe we have met before. I don't right. think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. That's okay. That's all right. We're going to get to know each other tonight, though. You're going to learn tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm almost a little scared, but not not. No, 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 no. Don't be scared. Just, we got one, we got one rule. Just be you. All right. I can just, do that. Just just be you. Because if, 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 you know, we find out word on the street that she wasn't really being her. Okay. And we're like, wait a minute, who was that person that we spoke to? Then we're gonna have to renege and pull back on, you know, the show. But before okay. before we before we get into the formalities of the script and the question, I, I'm just curious to you know, like, when when you when you heard about Aftergate and when when the dialogue started, you know what? 
what what do you think? What was your first reaction like? And who are these clowns? Or was like, oh, wow, oh wow, what's what's this? And I never got this on an email from Colgate asking me for 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 donations and and participating after the game. Like, what, what came to mind? You know, I, at first I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, and you know, for me, I, I have mixed emotions about Colgate, right? Which we can get into later. But um, I think it is so important to just share the impact and all that's happened. And when I, when I received the invite and read what you, what your purpose here and what, what your impact is here, I just, I wanted to be a part of it. I thought it was really cool. So I was super excited. Um, I don't think there was a request for money, which is actually the first from you know, <laughs> an like, email from Colgate. Like, it's like usually delete, like delete, delete. Oh, wait, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Move that back into the I never get any information without a request for money, but you know, that's gate right there for you. But um, no, I thought it was pretty cool. And, and I haven't met um, you guys yet. So this was a great opportunity to connect more with the alumni of color. So, yeah. All right. So let's start with first, um, where, where are you from? Like, where were you born? Where are you now? Just give us a sense of that sense. Literally, we are meeting today. Give us a little bit of that. Yeah. So I was uh, born and raised uh, in Syracuse, New York, which is like 45 miles away from, from Hamilton. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So stomping like, those, are, those are stomping grounds. They are stomping grounds. <laughs> um, and uh, after Colgate, I went and moved to the South. So I'm in North Carolina. I've been in North Carolina since 2000. Um, I started in Charlotte, but I'm currently in the Raleigh area. So in the capital. Okay. Got okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, okay. Class of 2000. So let me, she was, she was nine years. Re, uh, we, we were nine years removed, right? right? When step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh so she, well, she I, got there in that much 96. she got so she got there in in in, in, in uh 20 no no 96 so 96. yeah yeah mm -hmm. there was definitely some heads we knew so, that was still on camp yeah uh, Rodney Mason, did you know him at all? I'm trying to think who's class of 96, 97, 98. Um, I did know Rod Rodney a little bit. Like we we didn't interact a lot, but yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. Um, okay, let's, let's, let's. But you would you would know other heads from Syracuse that because there wasn't a lot of Syracuse game. So uh, Craig Branch, Harry Patterson were guys that were younger than us that graduated a couple of years later, but they would have been either upperclassmen or had just graduated when you right. ended up there. Correct. What high school did you attend at? Uh, I was at Corcoran High School. Corcoran, yeah. At Corcoran. Yep. Um, yep. There were at least one person that I can think of that was in our class that graduated from Corcoran. Awesome. Because um, I know there was a Corcoran. There was, I think, a Nottingham. Or there was a Nottingham. There was a Henniker High School. I remember Henniker. Remember yeah. That <laughs> um, so kind of remember a few of those because there were several um, Syracuse folk yeah. who were in our class and in the classes behind. Elton wasn't Elton. Elton was in Syracuse. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. Mm -hmm. He's a fireman okay. now. Good old E. Um, so okay, so take us back to '96, '95. <laughs> take us back to that time in your life. Um, what's the world like? What's school like? Give us a sense of. Not just um, globally when I say the world, you can actually drill down to your world, but yeah. curious to set that table, set the context. What's that like? Yeah, for so for me, 96, I was young and unaware, I would say. I was um, in an exploration mode and 
um, really eager to just be where, be present wherever I was, but I was really naive, like hella naive back then. <laughs> and so um, coming to, to come into Colgate was actually we came through OUS, which was phenomenal because I did not know what to expect. Um, and I, I just appreciate that program so much because of what of the the start it gave me. And I mean, academically, but also from from a network perspective um, and a community perspective. So I just I just appreciate that so much. But um, and it, it really helped me be more aware because I was very unaware. I was very naive and, and not really understanding where I should go, what I should do. Um, first generation and so I didn't really know the you know what to what to expect or how to prepare for for school um and truthfully I didn't do a whole lot of research so I came to Colgate because they gave me a free ride and yes. um <laughs> yeah like, like many of us <laughs> yeah and so um like you know people say you can go for free you don't do a lot of research or I didn't <laughs> Um, but I, I think, um, you know, they, they still helped me start well. I think being in that OUS program just was game changing. I don't think I would have survived my first year without the, the, the encouragement, the empowerment I got in that summer, the networks I built, the friendships I established um, really carried me through the four years. Um, where did you live freshman year? And oh, yeah. Years. Give us the residential his resume <laughs> yeah so I think the first two years I stayed in HRC okay um and then the last two years in um off-campus housing and the off-campus like as in yeah Newell or like off-campus off-campus like off Hamilton, campus, off campus. like you yeah. had a landlord okay <laughs> no 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 we didn't have a landlord so still maybe university it, owned yeah it was university owned okay um yeah was there anything happening in sort of current events or in politics or even just on the ground in Syracuse that was part of what was shaping your 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 worldview, even though you mentioned being naive, that you felt was sort of relevant to, you know, your identity and who you were as you entered Colgate? Yeah, I think in Syracuse itself, um, there was a lot changing and there were, and not necessarily for the the good, right? There was a lot of businesses leaving, um, and that was heavily impacting the economy. And and for me, I, the one thing I was aware of was that I, I wanted to leave and and find something um, greater than what was there because the opportunity started to become less and less. And so, um, I think that was one of the motivating factors for me. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that. And, and, and then I think Colgate was just enough away where I got a different exposure, but not too far away because it was my first time being away from home. So that was that was also comforting for me as well. What was life like on campus during those years? Um, racially, socially, culturally? I know it was cold and gray. Oh my God. That. <laughs> and, and, and academically, don't, don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. What was like yeah, that? so I, I think um, socially, <clears throat> again, I had my own little pod network and that I was able to get from the beginning. And so that, that helped me get through, I think, um, academically and a little bit socially. For me, as a woman of color, it was a little isolating because there wasn't a lot of us. Um, and so in class, you know, I was the only a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so my solitude was back home. My my you know my comfort zone was back in the dorm, and I spent a lot of time there because I was uncomfortable in a lot of other places. But there wasn't um, like the climate that we have today that wasn't going on, um, and so it, there wasn't anything I personally experienced that were that was really racially or politically motivated or influenced. But I mean, there was still that there was division, right? There was um, there was. I don't want to say division, but there was definitely differences racially, economically. Um, I I had like um, three jobs, I think, on the campus. Um, That's so, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on the low end. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I'm saying that sarcastically because I had yeah, three, four yeah, jobs yeah. every semester too. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Do you remember so, where you worked? Like just. Oh where? yeah, I worked um, in the art center. I worked in the library at night, and I worked. Um, uh, what was the little cafe in Student Union? I forgot, I forgot the name of that one, but I, I worked there sometimes too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. These were work study jobs. They were work study jobs. 
Okay. And, and any non work study hustles that were just revenue generating uh, opportunities? Uh, not while I was at school. Like it was okay. either it was either that or, or books. I didn't do too much else. Okay. Gotcha. And so, yeah. any extracurricular activities, any groups, orgs that you might have participated in, or just kind of stand out as were impactful? Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, while I was there, I. I majored in philosophy um, because I loved the subject, not because I wanted to be a lawyer like most of my other classmates. Mm-hmm. But again, um, you know, philosophy is a course that, you know, evaluates not only your thinking, but your ability to articulate, right? So you had to talk, you had to speak up, you had to debate. Um, and again, a lot of times I was the only in those classes. And so um, a lot of times my classmates, um, intentionally or not, you know, would take my comments to be the representation of all black people or all women or all women of color. And I find myself trying to defend that a lot um, in a way that I was really uncomfortable with for, for quite a bit of time. And, and eventually it made me, it made me like fall back and not, and not share and not speak up and not contribute to the conversation. And so I find myself silencing myself, quite honestly, because I wasn't comfortable, um, you know, with them, assuming or, or, or labeling or you know putting me in this in this group in this category based on my experience um, and so I did that that did really um, affect me and affect kind of you know my my sense of belonging at Colgate um, and so at first I tried to find a community I find find a safe space to express ideals and I I started going to the women's center on campus and there were some amazing women there who really supported really helped me think through some things but there was still something missing. And so um, then, I, then I started um, having a group or getting a group of the women of color um, that were in my dorm or that I just knew to come together and just talk and you know, swap stories and you know, build some camaraderie and just support each other. Um, and then after that, I figured, you know what? I wanna do more. I want for us to have a bigger spot on this campus. And so I decided to go in front of student government and make our group official. And so I started Sisters of the Roundtable for that reason. And I remember um, like filling out the paperwork as you prepare to present your, your, your student group and trying to think through with my, with my half a philosophy degree at the time, um, try to think through like what questions would they have? What would be their um, what would be one reason they wouldn't want to support this? Um, and I had my, my questions and answers prepared. But the one question I was not prepared for, um, which they did ask, they didn't ask anything I, I, I prepped for. But the one thing <laughs> they did ask was, I wanted to create this group and they were worried about if they would be included as well. And I remember sitting there like thinking like, dude, you have everything. You have this whole campus. Why would you want this too? <laughs> Um, and this I, is why I'm creating the group. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like I have nothing. You want this too. But I, then I then I also remember. So I, I, of course I said, of course, yeah, you'll you'll be invited into everything, and, and this is open for all. It is focused on you know women of color in our experience, but it's it's not exclusive to us. We we would be open to inviting everyone. Um, but I remember thinking, man, no one wants to feel the way I'm feeling, right? And I felt excluded. I felt like I didn't have a place. I felt like I wasn't invited to the table. And here I am creating my own table. And now they're worried about not coming to the table. Um, wow. And there, the, the, S, the, the student government associate, SGA, was um, mostly white men. Um, one friendly face, um, Tommy was on there. And, um, and, but that was it, right? And so... Um, it was really uncomfortable to to present that and, and and push for something that was important, but I just that was my big walk away. So, for me, creating Sisters of the Roundtable was honestly it was survival. It was I needed to create a space. I needed to um, have something that connected to who I was, that resonated with who I was, and all the other women there. Um, and I did invite them to every event, but I, they didn't come. Oh, um, but that's okay because <laughs> it was for us anyway. Um, but you know, I, for me, that was, that really, it really was survival for me. It was to, to be able to have that space so that I could face the rest. Right. Um, and I was also a part of the African-American student Alliance and, um, and the Clonocione society. Mm. Okay. Double A-S-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes, what's up? <laughs> Founded an organization. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, which is an awesome segue because, um, we, you know, one of the, what we love to ask our guests is to reflect on when you look at the four years there, what were, what do you classify as some of your accomplishments? And, and you know, whether it be mm-hmm. personal, whether it be academic, whether it be, yo, I just graduated though. That was, <laughs> an account, you know, like, what, what, what does that, I mean, clearly setting up an organization is absolutely one of the muscles that I would, I would check the box, but if you had yeah. to like give a quick little highlight <laughs> sizzle, sizzle reel of your, <laughs> of your four years, what would you, what do you classify as, you know, sort of pride, proud yeah. moments of accomplishments. You know, I, um, it's interesting. I, I probably wouldn't have classified sort um, as an accomplishment up until maybe about, I'd say five or six years ago when. Did you say sort? Sort, Sisters of the Round Sisters of the Round Table. I guess that's the, I that's the right, that's an acronym. Okay, sort. Okay. You know, I, I, I did not think of it as an accomplishment. I really thought of it as something that I created to survive and it was, it was beneficial for the other women in my circle. Um, but after graduating, um, friends of mine reached out to me and said, do you know sort is still going? And mm. here's, who's, here's who's leading it now. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I started to kind of stay plugged in and follow it. And there was um, an article about life on campus that came out and it had a picture of, I think it must've been like a, um, a student group fair where all the student groups were coming out to promote their particular group. And they had a sisters of the round table table and three beautiful women of color sitting there. And I just thought, wow, <laughs> you know, for me, that was just the biggest thing. Um, I truly created it for selfish reasons. Um, so I could make it through those four years, but just to see that it still has an impact. And I've talked to women of color who, who are there or who have graduated and they just share stories around how that has also been a resource for them that that now I do I do own that as, a, as an accomplishment. Um, but for me, it was like, I, I survived. I, I lasted four years, I got through it. Um, I, I, I made some amazing Net connections, people who I consider family now, um, that I have grown up with, matured with along the years, and um, and being able to have that and uh, and this and this degree that has really helped me in the in the roles I'm in today, and and those experiences that have helped me in the role I am today are, are really things I'm I'm very proud of. A founder pioneer <laughs> in the building. We need sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> we do. What would that we, be we, like? Bomb drop sound effects? Like something yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> ring a bell, something. But there you we'll, go. There you we'll, go. You know how DJs have those sound effects with like yeah, missiles yeah. going off. We got, we got to work on that. <laughs> I'm, work that. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. We'll, yeah. we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Um, getting my production, my production team on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, production team means Google, Google yeah. House, sound, yeah, sound effects for podcasts. There you go. <laughs> is, there, there you go. is there an app? Um, we will, we'll make that happen. <laughs> um, so talk about then what do you miss, right? So it's been mm-hmm. 20 years since you left. Um, what are some of the things when you look at that experience that yeah. you just kind of miss? Um, I miss. like the world is so big now right um Mm. and sometimes the the grand the grandness of it all just feels overwhelming and like the small little town of Hamilton where Colgate was just like felt you know a little safe and comforting at times um and I think it was because of the communities that we that we built and some of that was because we we had a small community and so we all kind of stuck together um so I missed that a little bit. And honestly, when I return to campus, I don't feel it anymore. Um... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I haven't been back a lot, but, you know, I, I, I go back looking for that sense of community and I, and I miss it some. But um, I think that's one of the things I miss. I think there was there was amazing um, faculty and staff that just um, I did not realize it or and or appreciated them, but they were they were there for me, right? They were um, invested in my success as well. And having that support was really great. And so I missed that a little bit um, cause it is doggy dog in corporate America. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's what I miss. I think sometimes, you know, the sleepy town of Hamilton I, I was absolutely bored out of my mind when I was there, but I miss it a little bit now. <laughs> that life is crazy. Life is crazy. So yeah. I got a couple of follow-up questions. One, sure. Um, why don't you go back now? You said yeah. you don't go back as much. Just curious to probe a little bit there. Why don't you go back? I think most of it is geography, right? Okay. Um, like not traveling back to New York, um, not, you know, not being there. So I, in the past, and the couple of times I've come, I've tried to make a, a big deal of it, right? Go see family in New York and stop at Colgate along the way. Um, but then some of it is when I've gone back, I just, I don't, I don't feel as connected to the campus. And, and I'm not surprised about that because it wasn't the campus that connected me, it was the people, right? It was the people that I got to know and love and care about um, and grow with and mature with and experience crazy things with. I think that's what connect. That's what I have a connection to. So, um, I am a little disconnected from the campus. I am a little disconnected from what's going on now. I and I am trying to get past it because I think there's still an opportunity to connect to to people that are there now, the things that are going on now. So I'm trying to get connected or dive in a little bit more than I have in the past. But it really is. I missed when I went there. I, I was missing something, and I think it was the connection that I had with the people that I was that I spent time with there. Hopefully, this experience on Aftergate might be part of that reconnection journey. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's already started. It's already started they because go. they're going to have people listening. Sort leadership is going to be listening and yeah. you have other sisters who were members since then mm. are going to be listening and it's just going to, it might be a sort reunion in, in the in, in, in the near future. Okay. You know? I'm okay. down with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part, of that four, four, part of that four or five hundred that's going to come back on campus. You hey. with me. You with me. Sort will have its own tent, right? There you right. go. There you go. Um, my second question was, so since you came in about five years after us, mid-90s, Part mm-hmm. of what was happening at that time was technology was shifting, right? Oh, so yeah. while we were there, you know, we came in using typewriters, left using computers, mm-hmm. came in not familiar with the internet, came in, maybe had an email address when we left Colgate, right? So yeah, yeah. there were things ah. that were shifting while we were on campus. So I'm curious to know from five years later, from a technology perspective, were there cell phones? Like, just curious, what was it like on campus from that perspective? So it's interesting. There were not cell phones, and they, I think that happened right after, or it was happening right when we were graduating, right? Okay. And then, of course, 1999, the whole Y2K thing. Um, mm. But I don't, I don't remember us on campus freaking out about that too much. Um, Again, I don't know if that was the Colgate bubble or. I was say Hamilton was already in the boondocks. So I know, it was right? like, like, they would have survived the world crashing <laughs> regardless. Um, but we did have, we did have, okay, we did have the computers, right? So that was there for us. Um, okay. CD ROM, it was CD ROMs and floppy disks. Floppy disks. There, there yeah. were no USBs. Um, okay. And there were no cell phones. So it was literally landlines uh, and you had to wait till you got to your destination to call. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was different. Um, did we have two-way pagers then? I don't, I don't think we had those yet either. I don't yeah, remember the standard pager, pager though. That's the standard BBB right. phone make number. This call. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. So what I would like to do now is take a break, a little pause for our sponsors, give them some shine, and then we will come back and wrap up this conversation. Sounds good. So this episode is sponsored by Hope Murals. Hope Murals is a nonprofit that provides adolescent youth with an interactive experience of creative expression via an urban arts platform that stimulates both mental and physical development. Please visit their website at www.hopemurals.org to learn more and find ways you can support the work they do. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to be here. Finish up this conversation. This has been awesome. I definitely want to thank our sponsor, Hope Murals. Love what you are doing with our adolescent youth and the urban arts. Keep stimulating them mentally and physically. Shout out to Hope Murals. If you are interested in being a sponsor, please just shoot us an email at aftergatepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a sponsor, we will definitely take care of you and show you some love uh, before we dive in let me get this in just want to make sure we shout out our dope network that would be the defylifepods.com want to make sure they show them some love and you can find this podcast and other amazing podcasts on that hub and you can also check us out on the different streaming services like Spotify and Spreaker. Make sure you uh, show us love and listen to us on there and also let some of your network know about Aftergate. You can find written content at godefylife.com. And if you are interested in branded apparel, you can check out the branded apparel at defylifegear.com. And just a secret between the three of us, uh, and the few listeners that might be listening, Aftergate is going down and getting some merch, y'all. We are getting some merchandise. So stay tuned for the Aftergate gear that will be available. So we tend to, at this point, now dive into a question of current events. So I'm going to pass the mic to Jerry and let him share the question with you, but looking forward to kind of hearing your response so we're here with sister stansbury and uh, we're curious to know that uh, what your take is on the sort of controversial subject matter of mandatory vaccinations for the uh covid19 you know sort of uh uh pandemic that we've all lived through this past year and now with this effort to return to some degree of normalcy there are dialogues around the country around mandates from federal employees that trickle down all the way to our local counties uh, where employees will will be required even as far as students potentially being required so interested in knowing your thoughts and and, and take professionally and personally on where you stand on the subject matter yeah, thanks for the question. I mean, I think, man, the this is heating up, right? Um, as our numbers rise, this this focus is absolutely heating up. And I think from a personal perspective, I would say I can see all sides. Maybe this is a philosophy degree speaking up, okay, right? Okay, okay. I, I can. I can see all sides. I can see, I, I think, um, one, this whole pandemic, this virus is so, it's still unknown, right? There's still a lot we just do not know. And that is scary in that. Um, and, and so a lot of people view, you know, this is an individual choice and I should be able to make this individual choice, right? Um, but then I think the other side is that this whole thing is a matter of just global, I was going to say national, but global health and safety. And um and we were actually having a conversation on this earlier today at work. And um, one person said, you know, when your individual choice impacts or influences my health, I have an issue. And I remember that. And I looked at that comment and I, and I honestly think it's a little similar to some of the work I do from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, right? Um, when you people talk about their beliefs, my belief is my beliefs. And I should be able to believe what I want to believe until it causes harm for someone else. And then it becomes an issue. And so I, I can kind of understand and empathize with the different sides of this. 
but I feel like we are in a place where we have got to do something that this is something we have done we have not dealt with before so part of me feels like we have got to do something about it that we have never done before um and part of me also feels like if I could sacrifice wearing a mask for the for the health of you know my neighbor my brother my sister my friend then can I do that right um mm. so um you know I, I I follow it because I think that um it will inf- it probably will affect me in some way shape or form whether my kids at school or um you know we talk we talk about it as we try to think about if we're going to return to work um at, at my my company so I think it will come on my doorstep faster than than I even realize it but I I don't I haven't taken a a firm stand I like you know, double dutch between both sides because I can understand both sides. That's what's up. Mm. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you left Colgate, moved to North Carolina. Yes. Just mentioned that you you mentioned a company, right? So I'm assuming you work in somewhere. <laughs> she got she got a job. She, she got, got bills to pay. I got bills to pay. <laughs> so for us, us who are listening walk us through your journey walk us through who you've been since you graduated and how did you get to where you are now oh that's a really good question um you know when i was when i was in my senior year um i didn't know what i wanted to do i I mentioned earlier that i took philosophy because i just love the subject not because i wanted to be a lawyer um which most of the kids in my in my class want to be but um when i got to the end of junior I was like okay crap what do I want to do because it's time to decide um and man I explored everything um but I I I I usually say that the HR field which is what I'm in now chose me and I think that is because of my experiences at Colgate and I um I didn't know that then but as I reflect now I think it's because of the experiences I had both in and out of the classroom um and and how I wanted to show up as someone who created the right experiences or the best experiences for the people that were around me. Mm. Um, And I just chose to do that in the professional world. So I started in banking, um, which is why I came to North Carolina, Mm -hmm. spent a couple of years in banking, um, then moved to healthcare and then retail. And now I'm in pharmaceutical, um, in the pharmaceutical industry. And I've been in HR in all those companies. And I'll tell you people, our people across all those companies, they have the same kind of needs, they have the same kind of fears, they want the same kind of opportunities, um, there's the same challenges in, across industries. And so I, how I've grown through those experiences is by putting myself in uncomfortable situations, because Lord knows I've, I've seen those at Colgate, right? Um, and, and one thing it did teach me is how to, how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, how to be comfortable um, being the only, right? Um, and I, I was that in HR, you know, a lot of times I um, was the only in the room and I was younger than my white male counterparts in the room and was in positions where I was supposed to influence. And so, um, you know, Kogi taught me how to do that and, and be confident in that. Um, and, um, and so I think it also taught me how to make spaces where there weren't spaces. AKA sisters of round table, right? Um, <laughs> and so I've been able to do that in my career um, and be able to open doors where there weren't doors open and then where the doors closed in my face, be able to walk around and find the other door, right? And so um, by always being open and taking, um, taking advantage of opportunities, you know, taking the initiative to create my own, um, not taking no for an answer, taking a, taking no as not right now, or you don't really mean that. So let me let me come back and, <laughs> and help you figure out that, yeah, how to get to that yes. Uh, um, you know, I've been able to really grow in my career and I'm super excited about it. And, and I, because I was in HR, I, I dealt with a lot of people and kind of organically moved into kind of the diversity inclusion space, which I am in. And I tell people now, you know, I, since the roundtable was my first diversity and inclusion effort, I didn't know it, but it really was, right? Um, and I take that, the fear of my 19-year-old self and, and the, um, 
the drive of my 19 year old self and I, I show up and, and create those same spaces for people in organizations today. So I, I, in my current role, I work um, for Pharmavite, which is the, the, the makers of nature made vitamins. People are most familiar with that. Um, and they're a company that wants to do big things and they know that big things happen with good people or the right people. And so I, um, I lead our talent acquisition and diversity efforts, um, which means I get a, a, an opportunity to bring in diverse talent and help them grow in organizations and help organizations do right by them, which is, is, is my, my passion spot, right? So, um, but I've got here through a lot of no's and trials and tribulations and sabotage and perseverance, mm -hmm. um, support, um, a little bit of, um, what do they call it? Uh, imposter syndrome. Right, mm. all of that, all of that is a part of my journey, the good, bad, the ugly, I embrace it all. And it's helped me be who I am today. Dope, wow, <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that was, I was, I was impressed. I was impressed uh, from Syracuse to North Carolina. That, that's yeah. a good little run right there. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so do you still have fam back in Syracuse or is everybody migrated? I have a migrated? few. Oh, yeah, most of them migrated south. Like they, they came to visit and they were like, oh, this is nice. And then some of them went further <laughs> south. But um, yeah. there's okay. a few that's still braving the weather up there. Well, if you, if you ever on your own time with family, friends, what have you, go further south and hit Georgia, got to oh. see Al, and I'm in Miami. So you're welcome. Oh, even further south. I'm, yes. I'm way south. I, I am <laughs> as pretty south as you can get before you hit yeah. the ocean. But step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You, you mentioned, uh, you referenced how uh, Sort was your first, you know, unknown uh, sort of venture into uh, DEI. Um, Keeping that in context, if you had to look back now and were counseling your 18-year-old self coming out of Syracuse High School, going into Colgate, what would you, what would that advice be in anticipating the Colgate experience? And then what would your advice be to the 21-year-old now graduating Colgate, going into the world? Because you talked about not really being sure what you wanted to do. And I got a funny story after off record about how I started off as a philosophy major. I'll tell you about that. Uh, but oh, what would that advice be, you know, to sort of yourself or to the 21 year old coming out of Colgate with some of those same scenarios? Yeah, I would say to my 18 year old self, um, like be present, right? Just be present in whatever you do. Um, and, and know that you deserve to be wherever you are. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say to my 21 year old self, um, go get them, right? You are fearless. You are willing to take risks. Um, I moved out of North Carolina not knowing a soul, right? Um, <clears throat> and my parents were super nervous. Um, but um, I would say continue to be fearless. The other thing I would say now that I think about this question again, um, when I was 21, I was trying to change the world. Um, mm -hmm. and I wanted to change it. I, I graduated in 2000. I wanted it to be changed by 2001. Um, <laughs> I want it now. I, I it hereby now. declare Sisters of the Round Table has arrived. <laughs> it is Watch time to change. And step aside, right? Um, but, um, and, you know, because I had big aspirations, um, like I got disappointed quickly. Um, mm. But I think what I would tell my 21-year-old self is, the big wins are nice, but the small wins are equally important. And I think collectively they add up to the change mm -hmm. that you really want to see anyway. So celebrate the small wins, go for those as well. Um, and they'll get you to the bigger ones. Um, yeah, that's what I would tell her. Oh yeah. That needs to be like on a plaque somewhere. You know what I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I need to remind myself today sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so we got a Colgate question that okay. we throw at our guest. So you mentioned you're a philosophy major. I'm curious to know, one, how did you become a philosophy major? And two, do you have any regrets about the major you selected? Oh, and you told me to be myself, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on now. <laughs> I want you to fact check me. Um, okay. So I will say that when I came to Colgate, and I did tell the tell your listeners earlier that I did not do my research. Um, I was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a pediatrician. Check, check that box too. <laughs> <laughs> Until I took organic chemistry, oh. and then I was like, "Do I really?" really want to be a doctor um <laughs> and it was challenging and i bust my behind um but i happen to have been taking um philosophy as well and found that i didn't just do well in that subject it it really resonated with me and spoke to things that i was passionate about um and so it philosophy just kind of chose me um and i just said you know what if i'm gonna be here i need to do something that I enjoy that I find great value in and that I think could um, really grow me and I just felt like every time I was in every time I wrote a paper every time I was in a conversation I came out of that different um, and so I enjoyed it and so I, I would say the major chose me and I would absolutely say I do not regret it okay. it is the best thing I I use my philosophy degree every day I use it when I negotiate with the C-suite, I use it when I influence leaders to do the right thing. I use it um, when I'm negotiating my offer <laughs> yeah. or I'm trying to get them to see the value in me um, that they need to see. But, um, and, it, and it helps me in my HR career to understand all sides so that I can, I can really be that partner, um, that confidant, that liaison that really in this profession is so important. So I would not trade it. I would not go back and change anything. I probably I wouldn't take like, organic chemistry though. I would just skip I, that part. I feel <laughs> this is like a game show where I'm like, okay, we have a bonus round now. <laughs> and, and only only because you 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 harped on 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 the idea of using your philosophy, knowledge, and degree throughout your career and particularly now. Yeah. Uh, and you serve in a HR DE DEI role. And so interestingly enough, I'm I'm curious if you've been in tune with what Colgate is doing in, around DEI because they've just they're looking to hire a new officer. And yeah. obviously it's 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 subject matter that's it's, it's, it's kind of buzzing all over the country, but as an alum, as an alumni of color, as, as a woman who talked about creating a, a space where she could have her DEI, you know, survival kit on deck. Uh -uh. Um, what's, what's, I'm curious, what, what's, what's your take on, you know, your recommendations for what you would throw at Colgate to, to, to really be truly in tune with the DEI movement across the country? No, thank you for that question. I, I was involved in like reviewing a lot of the, the, the pre-draft of the plan and. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I, I mean, I didn't give a lot of input. Let me just say that. But I would say this, I, I think that the way they are going about it is good. I think okay. that they are looking at it um, <clears throat> from a systemic change which is what's needed right and it, for us yes the numbers matter but it's not only about the numbers it's about what the experience is and how we are really talk about it creating equity um in in this in this space um so i i think they're i think they're thinking about this the right way i think they are i know it's taking a little bit of time to find that person but you need to find the right person to lead this work if you want to really accomplish what you set out to accomplish so kudos to them for making sure they find the right person. And I, and I say that this is, I say this work is long-term. It is, a, it is more of a marathon than a sprint. It's a journey without a destination. And I think that if they can stay the course, they can actually activate real change. I think the one thing I would um, share that I think will absolutely help them achieve what they're trying to achieve is just well, I think they've already started doing engaging, right? Engaging alumni, engaging current students, um, but also engaging, you know, the folks who don't necessarily think this is their their journey to be on, mm. right? Um, mm. Because they it it absolutely is, and they have 
great point. In great some point. way, shape, or form, um, created the space that we're trying to change, and so mm -hmm. they should absolutely be engaged in that change as well. Great, great point. Because the, the, when you think of diversity, equity, and inclusion, for most folks, it immediately triggers an idea that it's for people of color, mm -hmm. and, and it it it's, it 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 it's literally for yeah. everyone, including the folks who were part of the reason why you needed to have diversity, equity, and inclusion to yes. begin with. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Great, great point. Great point. Yeah. So um, I think that's good to hear the progress. I mean, I think progress isn't always part of Colgate's narratives, particularly mm -hmm. in the alumni of color circles. I think so many of us yeah. remember what the experience was like and just mm -hmm. assume it is still like that. And yeah. so I think it is good to hear that there's a journey that this institution is on and not that they've arrived. And it's definitely, we have ways to go, but it's totally. um, good to hear people who know not just because of exposure to the information, but also know from this is my expertise, this is what I do, who could um, give some feedback that um, they're in the, heading in the right direction. And to your point, hopefully they stay the course so that we can see the type of change and in, be more inclusive, because I wholeheartedly agree with both of y'all that um, this change can't just happen amongst us right. for it to really be effective, because they have to change. Um, so awesome, awesome, awesome. So here is an opportunity um, as we wrap up this show. We also like to give our guests an opportunity to promote whatever they would like to promote and also share a way in which our guests, if you would like to reach out to contact you, um, because this is a way to showcase and highlight you, but it's also, we're doing this to build bridges so that we can all be able to network and access each other in ways that can help. So the floor is yours. Oh, awesome. Well, again, thank you fellas for the opportunity for the amazing conversation and just most importantly for creating the space. I think this is just amazing. Um, I don't have anything big to promote. I think um, what I will promote is just continued dialogue. I think dialogue that does what what you're doing here at Aftergate, which is uplift our community because we are doing some amazing things. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I just I just appreciate, you know, spaces like this that give us an opportunity to, to share that. Um, I think if folks want to get in touch with me, they can absolutely hit me up on LinkedIn. That's, I, I usually am pretty, pretty um, active on that. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's probably the best way. And if they if they want to reach out to you and I can give them some more direct com direct um, contact information, I can do that as well. But thank you for the opportunity and the conversation. This has been amazing. I'm gonna I'm I'm throw one more out there to you. Um, yeah. As 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 the founding mother of yeah. sorts, any 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 parting words you would want to share mm. to your current membership? uh that uh because it was because I'm, I'm gonna find out who they are like as soon as they have the phone i'm gonna be like yo who's running sort on campus now we gotta connect y'all with y'all know who this sister is that's right, right, right you know right, where right. she lives we, we, we do have some amazing interns who are students <laughs> yeah. on campus right now right now so. right now we have a sister who's oh, the yeah, yeah, of the, of the, uh, we are uh, connected the, yeah 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 <laughs> uh so yeah Awesome. Okay. So founding mother feels real heavy, but um, mm. what I would say <laughs> to the leaders of, of SOAR and, and all the phenomenal women that have contributed to that, that organization is that that is just the beginning of your journey, right? And I think that um, there may be times where the world is not ready for you yet, but that should not stop. Um, that should not stop your, your focus, your passion, your impact. Um, and, you know, I think that if, if I could, if I could leave them with anything is that um, I'll quote, I'll quote one of my favorite authors, which is Minda Hartz, which means that she says that you deserve to be at every table, but not every table deserve you. Mm. And so find the spaces that can tap into your worth, find the spaces that 
um, deserve the talents you bring and and be you and be fierce and do you do what you got to do. There oh, it is. Just, on just that note, drop that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are funny. We will definitely <laughs> wrap it up there. But I just want to, before we show, we wrap it up the show, I do want to thank you for, mm-hmm. um, as someone who um, values the experience of all students who come through Colgate. So on behalf of me and my co-hosts, I want to thank you for creating SORT because mm-hmm. you have, without a doubt, and creating that space and creating an opportunity impacted the experience of folk who, um, without that, who knows what their experience would have been like. So yeah. in, a, in a very positive, powerful, impactful way, founding mother. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, 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 and in real talk, the courage that came with that, uh, the courage was 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 real. Um, and, and as we can relate to so much of our experience is coming out of necessity, just like this podcast. You know, mm-hmm. nobody else was doing it, so we said, "Let's do it." Um, and 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 mad props, mad props to you for that because, um, and it's still running. Uh, we we had a mm-hmm. chance to hear about a conversation about one of the founding fathers, brothers who started the AOC, and he says, "I didn't know that 35 years later it would yeah. become what it's become," and so uh, that that just echoed when when. I heard you mention that you founded that, and so you had no idea it was it was it was selfish, but came from a place of good intention. And mm-hmm. now, my sister, that is your legacy. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I really well, do. On that note, thank you, thank you for being a guest. Thank you to our listeners because this has been another episode of After Gate. And Aftergate is powered by the Defy Life Network. And so we just want to make sure you check us out on all of your favorite platforms, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Thank you to our amazing interns. And y'all just got another task. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all get to sort that out. So appreciate Uh, y'all. Shout out to Izzy, Kathy, Sophia. Y'all doing an amazing job. Keep it up. This has definitely been... um, Y'all have been part of the highlight of the summer. So thank y'all. And um, just check out some of the many episodes we got to follow with more amazing alumni. Peace, family. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Shh. You hear that? Listen closer. That, my friend, is the deafening sound of focus. It drowns out all the useless noise that can clutter the moment. Naysayers don't exist. Haters, smaters, the peanut gallery, who's that? When you're in your zone, all that noise and all that buzz is just elevator music. So, enjoy your journey, focus on your goal, and bask in the quiet roar that is progress. Because when it's your time to shoot that shot, spit that verse, or close that deal, the only voice that matters is yours. Defy life.